This is the Investor Frame Podcast with me, Paul Sparks. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Investor Frame. I'm Paul Sparks, here with uh, one of my good friends, Chandler Sane. Chandler is uh, a 23-year-old who is, uh, he's absolutely crushing it right now. He runs a 32-person team out of Atlanta, and uh, they're going to gross about $2.5 million this year. So he's sort of demonstrated his ability not only to run a successful business, but now he's uh, got a coaching program called Level Up where he helps other business owners, entrepreneurs who are in the one to three deal range, help them go to you know to the next level and get to uh, seven figures in his business. So it's awesome to have you here, Chandler. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. I, I, you hit me up as soon as I got back in the States. Um, I mean, I'm, I've been all, dying to get this interview in yeah. for a while now. Yeah, so. well, you've been out of town for a long time. I, I, I mean, I live. So if you don't know, I lived in South America for three months. Uh, but so, yeah, it was fun. Man, you got such a cool background. You're, you know, you were a college dropout. Yep. yep. You, uh, you were a wrestler. Now you're an ultra marathon runner. And mm-hmm. then for the last, you know, however many months, you were running around South America, mm-hmm. still running all these businesses, still running this coaching program. Mm-hmm. So like. I'm dying to know, man, how did you, how were you able to go from, you know, college dropout into this role of real estate investor, business owner, and now mentor at such an early age? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can start anywhere, but I'll start with this is like, it looks like it's awesome being able to like travel everywhere, but man, I'm ready for a break. I'm ready just to chill in one spot for a minute because like, just for example, I was in Atlanta yesterday. And I flew back here. So I woke up at like- On six Southwest? At, no, on, on Delta. <laughs> on Delta, I gotta stay loyal. Um, I woke up at like seven o'clock, worked until literally 11 p.m. on the plane the whole way, got here at midnight, drove to drove my car in the snow to Denver, slept three hours, woke up and did it again. So it's like, it's always a grind. So it's not as glamorous as you think, but it is a life that is super fun. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. But to answer your question about how do we get here? I mean, you can, we, there's no way we'd be doing what we're doing or I'd be doing what I'm doing without great people. Um, that's number one. Uh, as far as like the education program, like I spend 10 hours a week tops on that and then 40, 50 hours a week whole, on the real estate company. Um, and it all kind of started, um, I mean, for me, like how I got into real estate was I was actually doing landscaping with my dad. So I was doing like, you know, some appointments, running crews, doing like landscape construction type work. So, you know, cutting grass, building retaining walls, mm. backyard remodels. You were doing all that? Yeah, so yeah. I, I was like the back, I was managing some people. I did some like marketing stuff for them. And I was like, I hate my life. So I think at this time I was, I was 20. So I was like, dude, this sucks. Or I just turned 20. I was like this, this sucks and I hate working that hard outside. So I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do it. Obviously, um, I knew Gino, Gino was wholesaling. Um, I actually lived with him at the time, but my dad wanted me to come and help him grow his company, whatever. So I went and did that. But I found this random course online. It was like a marketing, digital marketing guy. Like, oh, I did 100K in e-com. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like he probably like grossed like 10K or 15K. So I put, I thought it was really cool. So I paid him like 3,500 bucks or three grand, something like that. And I never did anything because I got an idea for a business. I called Gino up and it was like a marketing thing, like sell leads for money. Long story short, Gino was like, dude, come do that for me. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do it. At the time, Gino was doing uh, probably like one around one or two deals a month. I come in, we basically went from doing one or two to doing like 80 to 100K within six months uh, in a month. Um, so we hit, like, I think I came in in June 2020 and we 
went from doing, like I said, like 30, 40 K a month to we did a hundred K a month in like four months. Wow. So like, just because I was able to blow up the amount of leads we had and like, you know, train appointment setters and all this kind of stuff. But anyways, so we started there and then we've obviously grown the team uh, through hiring great people through our network. That's uh, one thing we've been pretty lucky with is knowing a lot of other high achievers, like you pointed. Um, I wrestled at a high level. Gino was a great baseball player. So we know a lot of other super successful people. So mm -hmm. we just kind of like picked them out and brought them on and they started crushing it. Um, obviously, like there's a lot of challenges that go with it. But throughout doing that, we realized like, oh, you know, we have a pretty unique situation to where we're 22, 23 at the time. We were probably like 22 when we realized it. And we're like, we're doing this pretty awesome thing. Uh, we're doing all these deals, we have a pretty awesome business. We you know, are fairly hands-off from the day-to-day. -day. Um, I feel like we could do a lot for the younger generation in wholesaling, or in just real estate in general, because we're not only gonna wholesale, we're gonna start, we're just added in. We're gonna start doing commercial deals and mm. you know, bigger portfolio stuff too, coming in the future that we're gonna start like Q, Q1 this year. So anyways, we're like, well, we, can, we have a really unique opportunity to take all these 20 to 25 year olds that no one else is servicing, and give them all the knowledge we've gotten from older people and bring it down and be able to relate to them. Yeah. So we started doing that actually. I, I just, one of this random guy uh, messaged me. He wasn't that random. He was in our, we had a call center too at a time, just classic entrepreneur things, mm -hmm. just going to build other Trying business. to do too many things at once. Yeah, and um, anyways, he was one of the clients. He like called me and was like, hey, could you mentor me? Um, just like one hour a week, something like that. And I was like, I'm like, I just turned 23. I'm like, I guess, sure. And he was doing like 30K a month, which is pretty, pretty reputable or pretty solid. And then within five months of me meeting with him every week, uh, he did 135K in wow. his month. And it was just from him doing what I said. So I, I was like, Gino, we should do this. Like, because mm -hmm. we, we closed the shop on the, uh, the, the call center and the, like, the marketing company because our operator like, wanted to go do something else. Mm. And so we started doing it. We just launched it out as like fun. We've built up like 15 people and just like by putting on our story like a handful of times. And then we hired a operator, Ryan, um, super solid guy. And he came in and we have 45 members now. And like since we hired him, it's been six months and we've spent zero dollars on marketing. Um, power of social media, right? Power of social media, power of like brand giving and just like I think being super transparent and like relatable and actually having success. Yeah. Like, well, that's like the thing too, is like, I'm not, I'm not trying to promote us too much, but like we did a study is like every, out of like 20 people sent us is 19 people. I think sent us their information. We're making on average, everyone, another $17,000 a month just from being in our program. Wow. And obviously like that makes a big difference. So, I mean, it's a huge Testament to a couple things and I want to kind of pull apart you've done something that most aspire to do. They get in this business and I mean, let's face it, like the wholesaling business attracts a lot of get rich quick people, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So they see someone posting, made this $50,000 check and $75,000 check. I mean, even smaller checks, right? Yeah. But they say, well, I want to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. But there's this huge gap from getting a deal or two mm -hmm. or maybe even one to two or three. I mean, that's, that's the size of my business. Mm -hmm. We do a couple deals a month. Mm -hmm. um, big deals though. Well, they're bigger, but <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, the point is, is that in order to go from that, mm -hmm. you know, let's call it the CG select level. Cause mm -hmm. that's, you know, you and I met in mm -hmm. collective genius select, yep. which is the less than a hundred deals a year. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, yep. 
And now you're doing significantly more volume mm -hmm. and you're teaching people how to do this. And again, it's not, it's not, you know, smoke and mirrors. Like you've got the data to mm -hmm. show the track record, to show the success. You've got the, you know, the people that can, you know, vouch for that and have had the success for themselves. And so what I really want to know is like, how the heck did you do that in such a short amount of time? You know, it's like systems based, mm -hmm. right? And I know that's your yeah. expertise. So talk to me about that. Yeah. So number one is education is the most important thing ever. Um, if we didn't spend like in the last two years combined, we've spent, I haven't looked at the PL this year, but $220,000 on education. Mm -hmm. So with, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, you know, you could say like that, that's like, you pay for years of education. So like we're talking to people who are doing a hundred deals a month on a weekly basis and we have their phone numbers. We're friends with them. Like they're like our friends because we've paid to be in rooms with them. We've built relationships with them. And because they, like we have a problem, they obviously have the solution because they've done exactly what we want to do. So yeah. just like, Hey, how'd you do this? Yeah. They show you, okay, I'm just going to go do it. Right. And then you just start chopping away and eventually you chop away long enough and you kind of get to where you want to go. Um, what were some of the, what were some of the mentors that you've worked with in the past? Yeah. So I would say probably the most, the, there's, there's a few things that really stand out to me is one, we did Tiffany high, their virtual one K like coaching class. That was, this is actually kind of what inspired us to do. We did one ourselves for some other people, but that was, we did that 2021 January. And that was like, they showed us their entire inside of their business. That was one of the most pivotal things. Steve Trang, the sales training, spectacular stuff. Um, I would say the other super, super impactful person was Ren Bartlett. Yeah. Obviously we, we mentored with him for like 14 or 15 months. Um, just took us from like being average operators to just, obviously we're not like amazing because there's way higher, like it depends on who you compare it to, right? But we got 10 times as good just from being with Ren. And it made us understand the way the business works. It made us understand how to grow and drive efficiencies and run a sales team and just do all the things that you need to do. But I think a lot of it too comes from, because everyone can have a coach and tell them exactly what to do. Like we do it all the time. And the people who have success are the ones where we tell them what to do. They go and they just start doing it. And they, they actually just take action to be yeah. honest. And I think another piece of it as well, I know I have it. Um, and I know Gino has it and plenty of other people who um, are successful have it is the way I define like being able to get success, like be able to do whatever you want. Like this is how I did it when I wrestled. So just a little bit of backstory is I wrestled for four years in high school. My first year, my freshman year was my first year. Told my coach, I want to be a state champion. He sat down with me. He said, all right, you want to do it? Let's map out exactly what to do. So he mapped out. He said, if you do this every time, every week, every month, every year, then, and you hit these marks along the way, you'll have a good chance of making it happen. And then mm -hmm. it came true. Yeah. So basically what like what I broke down in my head, I was like, at the time I was like 17. I realized this when I was probably like 20. I'm like, all it is is just figuring out where you want to go, determining where you're at right now, and then just like figuring out the steps to bridge the gap. And it's pretty simple when you bridge the gap and get that clarity, you're like, the first thing I need to do is this, and you chop away at it. Then you're like, all right, yeah. what's the next thing to do? This, chop away at it. And I, and I think just putting your head down and grinding. I mean, and, and you're in the whale club, right? Mm -hmm. And so yep. you're, you're very familiar with this term solvable problem. Yep. And that's exactly what you're describing mm -hmm. is it, it's, it's most of the time it's not defining the variables in order to actually create 
positive momentum, mm -hmm. right? You don't know where you're going. Yep. You don't know where you're starting. Mm -hmm. And so we just start taking steps mm -hmm. and we don't really know which direction we're heading. We're just kind of doing things because we're erring on the side of progress, yep. but it doesn't necessarily, you know, lead us to the right place. And, and there's another thing that you mentioned too about, you know, just education and, and the path has already been forged. Like mm -hmm. this, the best part about this business is it's been done hundreds and hundreds of times. So many times. So we have a phrase that we, we say as part of the certainty operating system is like, we only want to innovate where we differentiate. Mm -hmm. I like that. And so because you didn't differentiate in the way that Tiffany High ran her business or mm -hmm. the way that Ren Bartlett's like, no, just do it this way or you're, you're a wrestling coach. Mm -hmm. And you have the, I would even just say like humility to be able to say, I'm just going to do exactly what's already been done, mm -hmm. do it that way, and then find ways to add differentiators yep. along the way. You don't differentiate in the process. No. You don't differentiate in how you cold call people. You don't differentiate in marketing and sales and all these things. The business is literally done for you. If mm -hmm. you can just be humble enough to say like, Stop trying to inject your ideas into it. Just mm -hmm. do it the way it works. Then you can start differentiating in small ways. Yeah. And that's like the most important piece because like, yeah, we do the same process as a lot of people. Like even Ren told us like a lot of different things with like the sales process and Steve and all these other people. But you take it and you're like, okay, this is how I'm going to put my twist on it. And it works here, but I'm going to say it this way or I'm going to use these words or whatever it is. And like, I think like one of the big things that people like kind of sleep on and I'm, I'm a big data geek. So I like, I love just looking at numbers and like seeing trends. That's like one of my uh, mm -hmm. like things that I feel like I'm pretty gifted at naturally. Yeah. Um, it's just like going through and looking like, for example, like the differentiator and like, let's call it appointment setting for like lead management is like looking at all the different opportunities that we have and then like seeing what sticks to the wall. And yeah. like, we have all these things that like, you know, like, in marketing, like you're doing all these different lists, you're doing all these different people, but just like throw stuff against the wall and then analyze what sticks and then stop doing all the stuff that doesn't stick to the wall and then just keep doing more of what is sticking, like 80-20 kind of rule. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty simple. You usually get more success when you do more of what works. So yeah, um, I think well, a lot of, like that's, that's for me, I, I don't see a lot of people doing that. I mean, and let's talk about why that is. Yeah. Because, so we have an acronym that we, there's a couple things that are coming to mind right now. We have an acronym uh, CASE that mm -hmm. we talk about in the Whale Club. Collect, analyze, strategize, execute. Yeah. But the problem is, is that most of us entrepreneurs were high quick starts, which mm -hmm. means like we don't want to collect and analyze the data. We mm -hmm. just want to jump right to strategize and execute. <laughs> I got yeah. this idea, guys. Here's what we're going to do. But, yeah. but what I think, because you're such a data focused entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you are, you do a very good job of collecting the data. Mm -hmm. And w anytime you're doing something new, we typically don't have a lot of data. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in order to get data, what we say as part of the certainty operating system is we want to micro step, mm -hmm. like take small steps. And uh, I have another coach that calls it soft offense, mm -hmm. like lightly press on things. You know, yeah. if you're playing Jenga, let's say. You don't just walk up to that Jenga and just mash one of them in, right? You kind of Poker. press on a couple yeah. of them. You see which one gives. But, mm -hmm. but as entrepreneurs, we get this idea and we're like, this is what we're going to do. 
but we yeah. really don't have the data to yeah. support that. We haven't really analyzed it, you know, with all the other options out there. And we take these massive steps. And like what I what is so apparent about what you've done is you don't do that. You collect the data and you take small micro steps, like you said. Yeah. And you see what gives, and mm -hmm. then we'll take we'll we'll choose that option. We'll go in that direction. Mm -hmm. well, it's um, like what you're saying. Like it's like if you're driving blind, are you going to go fast? No, you're going to no. go super slow. So like right. without data, you're driving blind. So like you have to like everyone starts driving blind no matter what. So you have to start. Like that's number one. You got right. like what you said, soft offense. I like that because you're going slow. You're like you're diving into it, but then you're like every time. Every time you get in a situation, you learn from it and then you analyze it, you strategize and you re-execute like what you learned. It's like for wrestling, like every single time I'd have a match, I'd literally just go watch my match. Okay, even if I won, here's where I didn't look, I wasn't as, I was sloppy. Okay, I'm gonna go watch someone else's match who's way better than me. Oh, they got in the same situation. Here's what they did. Oh, they moved their shoulder. Okay, now in practice, I go and execute it. And then the match, I dominate. And every single match, like, you know, we wrestle 60 matches a year in high school. So like when 60 matches a year, you get better and most people never do anything. Like no wonder like you are exponentially growing versus mm -hmm. everyone else. Like, so it's like if every single, op like for another thing, it's like something we built out and like the appoint, like the appointment setting is like looking at every single internal list. Like, was it a hot follow-up? Was it a cold follow-up? Was it like a lead that was just, that we never contacted and we just called it? Like where did all the appointments come from? And if you can just analyze where everything's coming from, all your opportunity, then you know where to double down on resources because yeah. you can execute a better strategy. So like because of that, we know that unqualified, like this is actually not from our day. This is the perks of having uh, mentors and education, like other people in the education realm, but they're losing every one, like the majority of their deals that they're losing to the marketplace was an unqualified. This is just for real estate specifics people. So like they're dead leads mm -hmm. where, where they lost like 60 to 70% of all the competitor deals. So what did they do? They, because they had the data, they made a di aggressive direct mail campaign to those specific people. And then now they're doing a lot of deals from it. Hmm. And they spent a small amount of money to get a massive return just because they had this small piece of data that allowed them to make a great decision. Hmm. And I think like what you're saying is like, you gotta do something in order to be able to analyze it. Cause if you don't do anything, there's nothing to analyze. But if you don't analyze, there's nothing to strategize or there's nothing to make a strategy off of. That's right. But, just, but entrepreneurs, they're like, but yeah, let's just go for it. <laughs> oh yeah, anyways. Man, I can't tell you. My first couple of years in business, I I just scaled a bunch of chaos mm -hmm. because that was what I was. Well, it's easy to do. Doing. It's fun too. Yeah, it's like such an adrenaline rush. It really is. You're just like, You're like let's just try it. it. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah. Um, and so if you want, one of the things that you, I would say, specialize in is one being able to demonstrate in your own business how to. Uh, first build reliability mm -hmm. into the system, predictability. Then you scaled it to mm -hmm. a point where you're now doing two and a half million dollars in profit this year. It was freaking awesome at 23. Appreciate it. I mean, at any age, I don't care what age you're at. Like that's, that's impressive. But now what you do is you help other people who want to grow a business and step out of the day to day. Mm -hmm. But like, you can't do that without a predictable, reliable business, right? Yeah, exactly. You should, I mean, there's, I call it like a manufacturing line mm -hmm. for our business. Like you put, you know, there's a book called The Goal that I read, um, recommended by Ren. But basically it's like you put raw goods in and you get money out, mm -hmm. right? So our raw goods are leads. And then that produces like a qualified lead, like someone who you verified on the phone that has a house to sell. And then that produces an appointment 
then that produces an offer that produces a contract and then it produces a, a sold deal and revenue right yeah and like if you know how each piece of the puzzle goes across and then if you know who contributes to what part of the puzzle and then what things they do that contribute to their part of the puzzle then it becomes like really easy like you can just look at data and be like all right well like for something simple like there's calls conversations and appointments for like a caller right conversation is just when they connect to someone they talk to them so if i know that the conversation to appointment percentage like there is is off from baseline like below baseline then i know that they either one need more training or two they aren't understanding exactly the like the criteria of what is an appointment mm -hmm. which would mean they need more training or they just are calling the wrong people. Like they might just be talking to the worst leads in the system. That's right. So then you can kind of easily tactically like hit the lowest hanging fruit and then you can be more efficient with your time too. So what do you see is like the biggest or maybe top couple biggest leaks in most businesses buckets? Because you had this unique perspective now mm -hmm. where you're looking inside of everyone's businesses and you can, you can point out like, oh, you're, so what are you seeing? What are the biggest leaks that most people have? Yeah, it, it depends on the kind of stage they're in. If they're like a solo, like, cause there's, there's different personalities. So it gets pretty complex. I'll keep it kind of like high level, but if they're like small and are doing deals on their own, usually they just don't have the bandwidth to do anymore. Like they're capped out. They're like running on their RPM meters, like maxed out in the red. They're about to die. And they come to you and they're like are freaking out they just need like an executive assistant it's that'll free up. up like so much of their time then they can just kind of delegate all the little things and they'll start doing another deal a month mm -hmm. just from that if they have a team usually the team is not as good as it needs to be so it's usually like internal conversion and the two biggest areas i would say would be contacting their leads so like going from consistency yeah like just like well even even consistency like i feel like we were pretty consistent but like it's more of strategy mm -hmm. so for example like a lead comes in we call a qual like a net lead someone who when it comes into our system like a salesperson talks to them on the phone like a lead manager an appointment setter mm -hmm. and we were contacting 40 percent of our leads 40 percent of our leads we were talking to that means we were wasting 60 percent like mm -hmm. they were just never getting spoken to and they had texted us back told us on a cold call called a tv lead obviously saying they're interested in selling. So what we did was we just made a better strategy on how to contact those people. And then now we're at 70% of the leads are contacted or actually, actually it's 90% are contacted, but 70% are qualified leads. Mm. So when you double over double the amount of leads you contact, you double your deals. Yeah. If everything works down the line. So just doing something small like that, it's typically a huge one. It's just a simple process. And then the next one would just be like, them converting appointments into contracts, which is like a consistent sales process, mm -hmm. which is one of the things that we do pretty well at, I believe. So do you focus more on the systems, like the traditional COO mm -hmm. and Gino does more of the CEO sales training, sales manager stuff, or do you guys, how yeah. do you guys handle that? So the way we have it split right now is Gino's doing uh, acquisitions. So like uh, getting contracts signed, he's running that department. Uh, we have four acquisition guys and then Gino's running it. And then he's doing finance. And then I'm doing the dispo part. So I'm running a dispo team right now. We're looking to hire a third dispo rep. But basically like we had no systems, no processes, nothing on that side. Mm -hmm. So I've spent the last three months being very active in that to just fix it basically. Yeah. And I'm almost done. 
thankfully. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to be out of that. But I'm doing all the sales training, everything in that. Um, and then also I run the education company, so I'm the CEO of that. Nice. Um, but technically still in the CEO role of Ferocity, so of the wholesale company. Man. So, I mean, to answer your question, like we have a marketing director, uh, a appointment setting director, lead management director, and um, then we have like a financial consultant who like basically is like kind of our CFO. Yeah. He just like manages everything. And then um, in the education company, we have uh, Ryan who's acts more like a chief, chief sales officer, but he's like the CEO role mm-hmm. title. So, so I mean... You know, we talk about case in points, like you are the case in point in my mind for recapturing and reallocating resources. You know, as small business owners, we're not Fortune 500 companies. We don't have just unlimited budgets, unlimited mm-hmm. resources to go hire and whatever. And and so it's, there's a couple things that I'm, that I kind of want to reiterate is first of all, this business has been done hundreds of times. Yep. So it's a matter of getting around the right people and getting the right education to learn how to not make the same mistakes others have made. Mm-hmm. And really, like most of this business, you're not differentiating between most other businesses. Yeah, yeah your marketing might be a little different. Your mm-hmm. messaging might be a little different. You can always add your sort of flavor to mm-hmm. things. Yep. Um, but what you've done so well is just take what's worked for others, implement it. Mm-hmm. And now what you do is you help others recognize where... Th- they can't, you know, everybody walks around with their own biases, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to see these biases because you don't even realize that they're there. Yep. But but you've gotten really good at being like, ah, no, you're, there's a leak right here. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I've collected the data. You may not be able to see it because of the story that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. But like, that's that's where you're, you're kind of hitting your stride right now, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, I would agree. So I think there's two things. Like one, you hit on the execution point. And two, just talking about like pulling yourself back from the day to day. So I'll hit on the first part is like, I want to hit on both these. So don't let me forget because I might. (laughs) Um, But the first part is like the execution. So there's like tiers of execution because, and I think that taking what, you know, any, like again, anyone can be given the blueprint. Yeah. Not everyone can do the blueprint. That's right. And the reason is, is because of the degree of execution that everyone can put forth. And even like with past directors we've had that, you know, didn't work out or whatever it might be, you give them a a project and it just doesn't work. And it's like, why doesn't it work? You know, you did the right things. It's just because sometimes like the details aren't executed as good. The systems aren't as tight. The people aren't trained up and like just things aren't done as well. So I think like there's just degrees of uh, execution that you can really start to see once you start to delegate these bigger projects to other people and just realize that like, oh, Shoot, like it takes a lot of time to do these things really well. Mm. And it takes a pretty good skill set. Well, how does leadership play in with that and communication? Yeah, and that's that's exactly like a big thing. So one thing that happened um, just from someone who we had to demote from the director role was we would have a project and it would go on for a week and like the timelines wouldn't be hit. And, you know, of course, like as a leader, like I'm – reaching out and like seeing if I can help and like when things are all good but then there's no communication that whenever we get to the deadline things are not good like there's all these problems that have been backlogged for months weeks whatever mm-hmm. it is and there's been nothing that comes forward so it's just setting a clear expectation and like trying to get that communication path opened faster um, and then also like some people just get lazy and like <laughs> need a kick in the butt like everyone does like myself Gino, I'm sure you do sometimes, like even if you 
it's your wife all the time yeah it's like you get distracted and like everyone needs that accountability which is just the reminder of like hey you committed to this like and you're not fulfilling your commitment right now like Mm -hmm. what like why not and like if it's the right person if they have the right mindset and they're part of your core values and all that then they're just gonna go and take care of it like i had a conversation the other day uh sales rep missed their numbers by four calls and i was like you know you're gonna miss your numbers by four calls like it was like five o'clock six o'clock you logged off and you're four calls short and you show up to the meeting in the morning to look at our numbers and your numbers are red and like on our stop report we read them red or green if they're good or if they meet it or don't meet it Mm -hmm. and i'm like do you not think you could have made four more calls like just to have the principle of having your numbers being green and she's like yeah you're right i should have done it i just got distracted it was my fault you know whatever and like just something simple as that like now the numbers are green every time and you're gonna have to recalibrate people all the time and it's one of the things that ren taught us I would say he taught us more than anyone else we've been been with is just the accountability, the leadership, and like just asking, like just holding the line on the the level of commit, like the commitment they made to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's important. That's it something I've got a lot of opportunity to to improve on in my business because you know it's just hard to have those conversations. It's uncomfortable, right? Yeah, um, you know and. The title of this show is called The Investor Frame. And The Investor Frame says, knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. would I choose to opt into this situation? Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're saying right now is perfect demonstration of that because um, you're going to have employees mm-hmm. or contractors or mm-hmm. let's say marketing vendors that aren't always going to going to perform exactly how you want them to. So the question really is, well, knowing what I know now, would I continue to opt into this situation? Would I continue to hire to to keep this employee or to keep this vendor? Mm -hmm. And and really the question is, is like what needs to change sometimes in order to make that so? You know, it doesn't mean just because somebody has a bad month that you just let them go. That's not what a leader does. You know, so you you ask the investor frame, well, knowing what I know now, would I keep this person? Mm -hmm. And, and the answer is, is like, well, what needs to change in order to make that happen? And a lot of times it's us as leaders. You have mm-hmm. to realize, I think that was, I'm sort of realizing this as I'm saying this out loud. It's like, it's not easy to be a leader no. and it's not easy to hold people accountable. Um, in fact, it's really easy to just let things slide, mm-hmm. but that's what makes a good leader is holding the line. I like how yeah. you said that. Yeah, like Tony, like Jocko Will, Willink talks about it all the time in his in uh, the dichotomy of leadership and extreme ownership. And then Tony Robbins talks about it all the time. He's like, the standard that you, the lowest standard that you accept is the standard that everyone's going to fall to. Mm. And like, to me, that hits hard. And I think about it like probably weekly because yeah. I'm like, you got to remind yourself over and over again. And I, I look at Chick fil A and like this, I, got, I don't even know. I had a Chick fil A app and I remember I was like almost close to the rewards. And this is why it started, I started thinking about it. I was like, Dude, I literally go to Chick-fil-A. I sit in my car in the parking lot. I click order my chicken sandwich, my french fries. I walk inside. They hand it to me. I walk out and it's 30 seconds. And I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. So I'm like, they do something that no, they, they run a better business than probably anyone. Like, I don't know. Maybe, it's a bold statement. Maybe anyone in the country. I don't know. But that seems to be the title. I'll ship. defend that forever because Chick-fil-A is absolutely the best fast food restaurant yeah, in the world. It's so, so. good. <laughs> but, but, but to what I'm saying is like their standard is so high. Yeah. Like even if they hire someone who's a high school kid, it's going to be the best high school kid. He's going to go through like two, three interviews and can't have tattoos, got to have straight A's, got to do extracurriculars. Best person there is. And like they don't tolerate anything different, you know? Yeah. So it's like 
it really just stands out as like just the lowest thing you accept is what people will fall to and it's pretty obvious when you just raise your standards people raise up beside you yeah or they leave which is kind of part of what you know you're talking about is like some people just can't keep up or don't want to to raise and better themselves which is why one of our core values is growth mindset mm -hmm. and like if you don't want to get better hey it's okay like it's not a problem but you're not going to be a fit for us yeah so i mean at you've just it seems like you've accomplished your goal around financial certainty you're able to go travel and yeah it's hard right it's still a lot of work mm -hmm. and it's not quite as glamorous as everybody makes it sound yeah it's still um, fun though yeah right so you know what is next for you what is your solvable problem because we know that it seems like you got to where you wanted to get to where are you going now what's next yeah so this is I don't have like a specific answer. Uh, I mean, I guess I can give you something specific, but I want to give two things is one, we're, we're getting into commercial. Like that's where everyone, that's where you, at least my opinion, the best place to be in real estate. If you look at who makes the most money, people who do biggest, the biggest deals. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start doing bigger deals. That's where we're headed next. Um, and obviously like the education program, it's just, you know, growing into a more well-rounded uh, real estate company is going to make a more well-rounded uh, education company and then that's going to be able to teach the same people to do exactly the same path we did because i think i believe that i'm going to go down the best path that there is for people who want to do something similar to me which have freedom have flexibility and then make money i mean everyone likes to make money um but to what you're saying is about what is next is i, I think that's a slippery slope because i made the goal like when i was like i said in high school so i made my goal to be a state champion i became a state champion and i remember like I got my hand raised on the mat and I'm sitting there. I'm like expecting to be like overcome with emotion. And I'm literally just sitting there. I'm like almost disappointed because I'm like, this is over and this is all it feels like. It's like, this was not even my favorite moment from the year, from the journey. And it's more, it was really like kind of tough because I went and wrestled in college my freshman year and I had no goal. And I was just kind of going and doing my own thing. And I realized that the goal is not, some big thing it's not a number like for me personally for my life for fulfillment for happiness it's more about progress and always getting better mm. so whether that's getting better as you know at relationships whether it's getting better as a business owner whether it's getting better as a runner whatever it is um i just want to be making progress yeah and other like that's the only way where i can see there is no end and you don't have to make a new goal you just can pivot what you're trying to progress in yeah well and self-improvement so we we have this phrase that you know you've probably heard us talk about is we want to get closer without chasing more mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs are just it, more is this endless endless loop it's like a dopamine hit it is and and it's never really satisfied mm -hmm. chasing more money or more this or more that and so the whole concept around the solvable problem is you know, we're not just going to try to chase more and more and more endlessly. We want to get closer to the things that we actually want. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have said, and maybe you resonate with this, is like part of my solvable problem is to play business as a sport. Mm -hmm. I like that. And what I mean by that is it's really more about self-improvement. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy the challenge of figuring out a new business. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the challenge of figuring out how to like change my behavior mm -hmm. in order to accomplish something different. And it has a lot to do with what you're saying is like progress or growth, like personal progress, personal mm -hmm. growth. 
but there's a there is a trap that I think a lot of people fall into around just chasing more and bigger and you know for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you can recognize like, hey, I've got my financial kind of problem solved. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've built the lifestyle that you want to live. At a certain point, it's like more money doesn't really do it, but it doesn't mean that we need to like hang it up and go sit on a beach and drink Mm -hmm. Mai Tais all day. Like, I mean, yeah, that might be fun to do for, you know, a couple weeks at a time, but Mm -hmm. I just don't ever see myself stopping playing this game because it's just so fun. Yeah. I mean, how does that resonate with you? A hundred percent. Like there's no, I always knew that like, (laughs) I always knew I love business just because like I would watch a lot of people. Like I was fascinated with like Jeff Bezos and like all these people from a young age. And like, this is like the life I always saw myself living. I didn't know it would happen so quick, but you know, I guess that's what happens when you work hard. But business is so fun because like every day I wake up and I'm like, dude, I get to go and be around people who I want to be around because they're all like-minded and have the same values and all that. And we get to go and accomplish some really cool things. Like whether it's, you know, doing a bigger deal whether it's doing more deals or growing a team hiring better people it's like there's just fun because you're just figuring out and you're like you suck for a little while and then you get better and you're like oh i'm pretty good at this like let's go suck at something else yeah. let's go figure it out and like just that in itself is just so fun and also like the people who are in the entrepreneur space are generally the people who i'd want to hang out with i couldn't imagine like not having only entrepreneur friends yeah because i can't really like i go back just like even simple like going back home for christmas like it's hard to find less and less in common with the people as as you start going like this uh and i mean maybe they're improving but not Mm -hmm. in the same way it's hard to relate yeah it's hard to relate it it really is like it but i mean it's obviously it's your family so you still like you know there's a lot of other things that you can talk about and like relate on and whatever but but just from like a general like now every time i meet someone i like instantly i'm like are you someone who i want to hang out with in my life more than one time like more yeah. than the interaction we have right now and it's like you just get so like hard and judgmental on that and like strict on who you have in your life the only people who i can who i've ever met are are people who are entrepreneurs pretty much mm-hmm. and for me personally like i like entrepreneurs who like to do crazy stuff like climb mountains and run ultra marathons so you got it's a small niche <laughs> you got another race coming up i actually do yeah so uh i'm gonna do the leadville 100 this year nice yeah so I can barely breathe every time I'm up there. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> Just hard. Just sitting around. Yeah. If you what? want to come, August 19th, you can come on. You can I've, stand I've, there for 30 hours and watch me. So funny run. story. We were camping up there yeah. one weekend, and we stayed up really late. Mm-hmm. And like, we see these people running past us. And I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? And they're like, oh, it's the Leadville 100. So that was the first <laughs> time I had heard about that because yeah, yeah. we were up you know, super late. They're like in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm like, what are these people like doing? Like night. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Are you, uh, you got any ski trips planned? Um, I am hoping to go ski this weekend. There's a bunch of snow open steamboat and Beaver Creek. So I know it. go over there. Uh, I try to make it out like most weekends to go ski right now. Um, but I'm going to big sky in February with some other guys. And then uh, I'm looking to go to Jackson hole too. So, Jackson. Jackson's great. Yeah, we went right before any? COVID hit. Uh, we went to Jackson Hole. No, like um, this is part of what I'm trying to get closer to. My uh-huh. businesses are not as reliable as I'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm still spending a lot of time trying to build more reliability, recognizing that I scaled a bunch of chaos for the first two to three <laughs> years of my business. And I'm like, 
God, I got to fix these problems. Yeah. So I am busy doing that right now yeah. and uh, trying to get back to what I should have done in the first place, which is why I love your story because mm-hmm. you didn't, I think a lot of times we talk about upside mm-hmm. as if like, there's so much upside in real estate. There's so much upside in crypto, mm-hmm. you know, but, but really what we should be doing is, is not worrying about how to raise the ceiling. Mm-hmm. We want to raise the floor. We yeah. want to, we don't appreciate when bad things don't happen. Mm-hmm. as as business owners and humans in general. Yeah. And if you could just get rid of your worst months. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, talk that that's what we mean by raising the floor. And mm-hmm. so I got caught in it's that un- trap of chasing more. I was mm-hmm. only looking at the months we did really well yeah. Yeah, yeah. and not looking at trying to prevent the bad months from happening. How mm-hmm. do we just like if you could erase all the zeros across mm-hmm. the board or yeah. the negatives across the board, where would you be? Mm-hmm. And I would have the business that I want. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there was like, I can't remember who did the presentation, but it was at Collective Genius in December. And it was just a graph of like, of self and like self improvement, business improvement, whatever mm-hmm. it was. But it's the same concept where they just showed like, here's where you are like when you get better like a week in a row and then you have like a bad like two weeks. It looks like and then this. like Yeah, and like you maybe yeah. get net positive at the end of the year. But if you erase all the bad days, you're like 10 times high. Like it's like, it's insane. So I think the same, I used to do day trading too. And that's what they talk about. But mm-hmm. I, I, I got trapped in the same thing where, you know, Biases, you, lo- right? you lose like a lot of, you lose well, a lot of money at the time. Like I had like 15 grand and I lost like four and I was like, ah, that hurts. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I remember, what was the thing I asked you to not let me forget? Do you remember? Execution and... It was the other one. Um, Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're not very... Uh, I literally remembered it when, you, when we started talking like five seconds ago about like some other topic. I remembered it. And then for whatever reason, I just completely forgot. You know, it's funny. And it's funny because we're like actually still doing this right now. I would normally say this off camera, but when I've been doing these podcasts over there... Mm-hmm. Like I'm a note taker. Yeah. I, I I write things down constantly, mm-hmm. and so I've got the my my desk is a dry erase board. Oh yeah, I like that. So I can just you know speak to the camera, and I can make notes, and mm-hmm. I can erase it, and and so I find like when I do this in person, I don't have my notebook, and uh-huh. so I'm like trying to hold these thoughts in my brain and try to come back to them, but it's not as easy as it sounds for me. I need to write things down. No, it's the same. Like whenever we do podcasts too, because like I want to be engaged in like what you're saying or right. who the other like the guest or like you or whatever. And then like the thing that I'm going to ask, and then you go on for a little bit longer. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I have no idea what I was going to ask. Yeah. And it's like this like awkward pause. You're like, what are we going to do again? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's the joy of it's sleeping. It's the fun of like trying new things and, yeah, exactly. you know, engaging and right. And again, you're just such a testament to that, man. So I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your story. It's, it's inspiring. I'm sure that uh, others are also inspired by what you're doing. How can people connect with you if they want to learn more about how to get out of the the day-to-day of their business, right? That's mm-hmm. the goal of most entrepreneurs. You've mm-hmm. done this successfully yourself and you've helped so many others do that. Tell me about how people can find out more about you and how they can, you know, yeah. get involved. So Instagram is the best way. Um, I'll say it to the camera. Instagram is the best way to find me. Uh, just at Chandler Sane. Uh, Chandler is spelled like just normal. And Sane, S-A-I-N-E. Um, just DM me. I check my, my DMs most days and... If I don't reply to you, you probably looked like a spammer. So, 
<laughs> well, I'll make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes too, so you guys can get a hold of Chandler. But anyways, man, thanks for coming down and yeah, spending sure. time with me. Uh, everybody else, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.